last time, everybody kind of woke up from terrible dreams that you were having. Almost dreams of destiny that contained people that you feel like were real. You were there and you were there. Not quite sure what really happened. Never seen those people in your life, to be frank, but you feel like there was something more to it. And by morning, most of you had forgotten. Victoria, you kind of went about your day. You found out that there was a whole bunch of books signed off to you in someone's will that just arrived mysteriously at your university in the topic that you were studying. Gabriella, you had a rather normal day. You wrote you wrote down kind of what you remembered from your dream, but didn't think too much of it. Always the skeptic you are. But someone sent you money. That was exactly enough to pay off the entirety of your gambling debts, exactly. And Deckard, with your interests, you were able to isolate that dream. You spent the day going about your business, trying to figure it out. You had gotten that journal, and it triggered everything. And it triggered something else you cannot remember but feels like an immense amount of violence now you sit in a room dimly lit with a couple barrels of blood and a bathroom that smells egregiously of bleach and that's where we're actually going to start today ah uh, okay the day is currently sunday you all kind of spent saturday as a rest day and on Sunday, Deckard, you've been listening to the news, trying to figure out what really happened. Because you have this idea that those disappearances were because of you. Nothing new has been reported, except that there's now a curfew in place. And rumors are that police are searching houses if they get any tips. All you know is that you have way too much blood on your hands. And you're not sure what to do with it. Part of you wants to get rid of it. Part of you believes that you could probably just make an arsenal out of all this blood. Mm-hmm. But your mind is telling you that it's all just animal blood. At least that's what you want to believe. You want to believe that the butcher just had a surplus and sold it all to you for rather cheap. You didn't find too much of your money missing. Oh, no. It's at that point on a Sunday morning when you get a knock at your door. Deckard has not been sleeping at all since all of that has happened. You're very bleary-eyed. Oh yeah, and so he's feared the worst. He thought definitely someone would be coming for him and he's this. No, I haven't found the two for my memories. I can't go down yet. And he's been sitting there with just with his shotgun next to his chair. Ooh. Drinking as he stares at the door. That's a really safe visual for somebody to walk into. Also, how are you supposed to find someone who never leaves your house? Deckard is complicated. <laughs> Deckard's a complicated man, you see. Deckard <laughs> is having a really bad time right now, and really you hear this you hear this knock at the door. And you hear it's your neighbor's voice. Oh god damn. Are you in there, Deckard? Mm. Mm. 
Decker's a lot of things, but he's not a rude neighbor. <laughs> I love that. That's delightful. He gets up from his chair, he dusts himself off, chugs the rest of his bottle, and just gently places it on the ground. Normally he would have just threw it, but he's just... Don't want to cast a bad image. And walks over to the door and opens it up a crack and goes, Yes, how may I be of assistance? Before you open the door, go ahead and roll me a constitution. <laughs> you just chugged the rest of your alcohol because you didn't want to uh-huh. make it bad impression by throwing it. I was going to say, doesn't yes. that pr- create alcohol breath, which creates its own bad impression? Hard success. <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> You're able to hold your liquor, but you smell awfully <laughs> like liquor. It's been a long night of drinking. Yes. It, it, it was um, some very choice aged brandy. Oh, and you finished it one night. Shame. <laughs> I... <laughs> no response to that. Just real defeat. <laughs> like, goddamn, I, you're right. I did finish that too fast. <laughs> Oh, Decker's just, he just is like, why do I feel like I'm being shamed? I just got roasted. I must apologize to Victoria later. (laughs) So, you answer the door, and you see there, your neighbor, she's younger, quite a bit younger. And got long black hair, these blue eyes uh, that you just can't help staring at some days. Oh man. <laughs> and I just got back from the butchers. He said that you had purchased quite a bit of cow blood from him. Yeah, he was concerned that you wouldn't be able to uh, finish all of it. I am actually going to be making a stew, and it calls for some cow's blood. I was wondering if I could borrow some from you. <laughs> um. Uh, Decker just goes, uh, if you can please allow me, uh. Just, uh, just one minute, my dear. I will be out in just a minute. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Dickard slowly closes the door and goes, I'm going to beat the shit out of that butcher. I really hope that's actually cow's blood, then. Yeah, the butcher really jumps <clears throat> the shit out of you, huh? Mm, Dickard, all you just think is, Wow, uh, this will be the first instance of this word, but... What a knock. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining that instead of a big murder, you just came home and like tripped on your step and just dropped all the cow's blood in your bathroom. And you're like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And then you went and beat up the parents, came back, and then cleaned up the blood. No, you got so, the blood on your way back and you're like, oh no, I have blood all over my clothing. Oh, gosh, uh, I went to and beat up those parents with the blood all over me. Gosh. So... Also, if you have to get blood out of clothing, don't bleach. <laughs> Hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. Trust me. Alright. Decker's thinking fast, and he's just, wait a minute. I know what I must do. <laughs> he, he runs over, and he grabs his favorite bathrobe. Throws his bathrobe over himself, right? And then he, he looks over at the barrel of blood, and he's just, long as I'm the only one that really knows <laughs> and fills up a jar with it. Alright. I shall find out when if, if people start getting really sick. And Deckard goes, 
you know what? I was planning on moving again anyway. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> he goes back, opens the door, and goes, So you, you just needed a little bit of the blood, correct? Uh, yeah, a jar's full would be enough. Here you go. Have a good day, my dear. Uh, do you mind if I taste it real quick? <laughs> <laughs> Deckard opens the jar in front of her, dips his finger in it, and plants it in his mouth and goes, Yep, definitely still blood. <laughs> That's some not good cow blood. This is really funny because this is a real thing that happens in the UK all the time. Everyone just tastes their cow's blood and goes, Ah, delicious. <laughs> this, this will make some fine blood sausage. Oh, it's been tasted. You can take it. It's been tasted. Get it's out. cow's blood. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Please take it and leave me to my work. I'm very busy today. You know, uh, lots of papers to bring and all that. She pauses you for a moment. <laughs> you see her reach under her top and she pulls out the straw. <laughs> and she puts it into the blood. Oh, taste. And you see her sip. <laughs> and you see her eyes go wide. <laughs> Deckard is going to go... And, hold on. Oh. And you see her very, almost sickly pale skin. Flush with color. Oh. Oh. I see. Interesting. Go ahead and roll me a sanity check real quick. Deckard, your neighbor's a freak. Oh. <laughs> Deckard is never inviting her inside. Yeah, Deckard, your neighbor's a freak. Deckard, your neighbor's a vampire. Oh, no. You jump and you're startled, and the jar that you're holding falls to the ground and shatters at her feet. Oh, this will do perfectly. Oh my god. Now, don't worry. Don't worry at all. I'm going to send some men to help you with this issue. Uh, uh. Gwyn kind of just stands there. About all this human blood, though. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I think you do. I believe you and I can work together. What? How about a deal? What? Uh, what the fuck? A, a, a deal, you say? I don't tell the police about this. And you give me your entire stock that you have here. It's a shame to let such blood go to waste. Oh my god, your neighbor's a vampire. Yeah. I have no problem with this. <laughs> I have no issues with this. I will allow you to take the blood. I just, I'm gonna keep a jar of it, but... May I survey it real quick? You are not coming inside this room. I'm telling you that right now. I am not stupid. It's okay. And she pushes you aside and walks in. Oh, she's oh, not one of those vampires. Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> Deckard is just... No! My life is a lie! And she kicks the glass inside as she moves in. Oh and the blood kind of just follows. And she shuts the door behind her. That actually kind of angers Deckard now, because since he definitely knows that what he did was true, she just made a waste of those people's lives. No matter how angry Deckard was or blacked out, 
That's still a life, and it has value. What's Decker gonna do about that then? This is your one warning. One warning I'm going to give you. You will respect the life that blood represents. As you're talking though, no, no. you feel your throat kind of get tense. Uh. As if someone's choking you, uh. and you just are kind of lost for words at this point. Oh no. Well, I still have some kind of psychic powers! I oh. don't like this! I <laughs> <laughs> see you have magic bullshit! Fuck! She looks around and she sees the. We'll say five barrels. Barrels? <clears throat> oh no. That's a lot of barrels, my guy. Oh no. Are we talking like massive, like. alcohol? Yeah, like how big, are, how big a barrel is a barrel? About? We're talking like a keg, maybe yay tall. Oh, like, yay oh, tall? No. That's a lot of blood, no Jesus! Lie. Oh, there's a lot of blood. No. So, even though in this moment this is supposed to be, f- anybody else would probably be filled with dread. The moment Deckard really gets a good count on the barrels, his guilt starts to get even worse. He may be getting choked, but once again, the ultimate monster in this room is, is Deckard, and he <laughs> hates it. Oh no! You are a parapsychologist, correct? Deckard is going to point to his neck and go and be like, "You're choking me." Oh, yeah. She makes this motion of just dropping you. <gasps> yes, but I honestly, I fear that I am becoming what I have been chasing and studying this entire time. I might be an even worse monster than what you are. A monster? No, 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 no. I believe that you are a man of true science. I see great things in your future, Deckard Lazarus. She picks up the journal on the desk, and she sees the ritual that you were doing. Rituals! I absolutely enjoy a good ritual. Oh, please, please don't, please don't praise that. Please, please don't be. Please don't, because that is the last thing I'm attaching myself to. If, if you are one of that, I'm... Uh, Honestly, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I was going to say that how about I fund your research? I can make this all go away with the police, and you can research for me. And I'll be your patron of sorts. Patron of the sciences. Gwyn Breton. Deckard sighs heavily with his shoulders. This is my proverbial Faustian deal, so to say. I would suppose so. But unlike Faust, I am no fool who is blinded by his own hubris. Would you rather me report you to the police? That is not what I'm saying. If we are going to enter in a deal, I'm going to make sure they're by my terms. And what terms do you think that you have right now? All I want is three things. And I will actually tell you right now, my protection is not part of it. Fair enough. And what are these three things? You will never harm one named Victoria. You will never harm one named Bosco. (laughs) And all I ask is help finding the one who led me down this path. When I was a child, 
A monstrosity took my father from me. If you can help me track that thing down, that is all I ask. Well, as you said, honestly, you have me in the Queen's Gambit. The game is yours. Indeed it is, and I don't want to be chaining you to anything, obviously, but I am in a bind myself, and I can see by your living standards that you are as well. So, why don't we take this a step back? We can enter into this as mutual business partners, how about that? I don't want you to feel like I'm bending your arm or anything. You seem like a very talented young man. Deckard is just like, Young honey, I am 65 years old. And I am a relic of ancient times. Yeah, your neighbor's a vampire. Don't like that. <sighs> With that sanity roll, please go ahead and roll for me a 1d4 plus 1. Uh oh. Oh my. Oh, so three. No. See, so yeah, there's three sanity. Uh, we're at we're at 32. It's fine. It's fine. It sinks Everything's into you that awesome. this sounds like a vampire. Yeah. This oh sounds yeah. Like a yeah. bad, bad creature in front of you. Yeah. This sounds like a very elder vampire, to be more specific. Vampire's been around the block a few times, if you will. She does go jogging every morning. <laughs> or every evening. I'm going to really give you guys the inside of Deckard's mind here. Oh, I'm excited. Deckard is a massive fan of chess, because in real life, I love chess. I love chess a lot. And so I love to put that into a lot of my characters. So Deckard is a big fan of chess. And right now, there's a saying in chess, which is, let me flip the chessboard and let me see this from your perspective. Right now, he is looking at the pieces from his enemy's perspective, and he is seeing the game through their eyes. And Deckard is planning his counterattack. And when he does this, he closes his eyes. He just says the word, Dive. Under his breath, because he's diving into the board. Takes a deep breath. He has his attack planned. And he opens his eyes. Yes. And he extends his hand. I like the idea of being equal business partners. Okay, well let us, before we shake on anything, why don't we talk out the parameters of this deal? We'll happily honor anything. So, I would like to fund your research, but I would also like to direct that research onto medieval rituals. I would like you to go to Oxford. I will send word that you will be going there. You will have access to the special collections to research at your own liberty. Medieval rituals that harken toward vampires, fae, etc. Deckard is just... he gets a little smile on his face. In fact, if it sweetens the deal for you, I will give you, if you'd like, an interview. An interview with a real vampire. You could not resist. You could not. You, you had it in your hands and you're like, I can't say no. I can't. <laughs> Deckard is just... Oh. Internally, he's doing the Grinch grin. The grin has just reached maximum. Excellent. Deckard's day weekend has done 180. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had a normal day. So, I'm going to tell you right now, 
the knight has been moved into position and the game has begun because Deckard is now beginning his attack. You know, first, I'm going to tell you. This seems more to be my benefit. What more can I do for you? All I want is your research, nothing more, nothing less. And that you will direct your research the way that I tell you to. So, as she's saying all this, Deckard calmly walks over to one of the barrels, gets a wine glass, and grabs a nice chair, and offers her the seat and the wine glass full of blood. She takes the wine glass. Please, have a seat. There's no need to stand, we're partners. No, I don't think I will. Deckard does not, he's just, just wanted to show you respect, but... Yes. I have no problems with these parameters, and I would be more than happy to have a chance to interview one of your kind. But, there's always a but. The only thing I fear is, maybe you're selling me the vampire who's I am to interview. Maybe he is not up to your splendor. Oh, I assure you, he will be. But, may I ask one little favor? When it comes time for the interview, may I have? When I asked for, if any, just the protection of the ones named Bosco and Victoria, <laughs> may on. they join me for the interview? <sighs> she thinks about this for a little bit. You see her playing mental chess as well. She has no idea Bosco's the dog. Yeah, no, I. Oh, that's <laughs> even better. Like it's just like the like memory poison from like Basidiogre Bis or whatever, and it's just like this Bosco. <laughs> I would trust them with my life. There's no one I trust more in this world. Just wait till you see the reaction to what he sees, oh, Bosco. Wow, that is gonna be great. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey. Wait, you you come as a package deal? Can we just have the dog? You see her. I would prefer it to only be you, but if. We can reach no other agreement. Perhaps he will allow it, but that's going to be more on his own terms, and we'll renegotiate when we get that. You've already done more than I asked. I see you're willing to compromise. You have my trust. I'm sure I do. And Decker just goes, I believe we can come to a deal. Splendid. I'll have three of my men come over and wheel these barrows out for you. I'll leave your door unlocked tonight. We will lock it ourselves. Oh, you don't have to worry about locking it. But I do appreciate the respect. At least you have the proper manners. But you will not be back until next weekend. We'll go to Oxford and you will do the research that I request. Oh. Well, that's no problem. I do appreciate you locking up after you leave, then. Good. Now, I will be off, and thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, no, the thanks. The thank you is all mine. She opens the door and closes it behind you. That was cool. And Decker just looks at the door and just goes, our game has begun. Who will win this game? I... I actually do not fear, because I believe I finally found a, an opponent I will quite enjoy playing with. <laughs> Decker just laughs as he continues to pace his room. 
Alright, Deckard Evil-like. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, we move now on to Gabriella. Alright. It is Sunday, and the time has come to meet Blackwell to figure out what he is hiding. Yes, it is. Gabriella has put on one of her nicer coats. She stops by her bookies on the way there to drop off the money with a look of satisfaction in her face. Alright. So she, you get to the bookie and she's like, uh-uh-uh, we're not letting you bet anymore. Oh, no, 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 this is, this is my mea culpa. I have all this for you. And she slides the um, a new envelope, different from the one she got it all in, with all the money inside. With interest? Well, yes, with interest. I was very exact in the math that I definitely did there. Interesting. You won't mind if I count it out in front of you. Oh, of course. You can bite it if you want. And she's going to ring a bell. You see the boss coming. Ooh, the boss. You've only never known him to be referred to as the boss. Ah, Gabriella, you finally come, eh? Brought me my money, I see. Yep. All the money with interest. And you don't mind if we go ahead and count it out in front of you, correct? No, I don't. I don't mind if, if you count it out in front of me. I made sure that was all of it, so... Alright, well, let's see what you got. You know that if you don't have it, we're gonna start taking body parts, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of the consequences for those actions, yes. And I would hate to mess up such a beautiful smile, so if this is not all of it and oh. you're pulling one over on me... As far as I'm aware, that is... Uh, heck, if, I, if I'm missing any of it, it's likely still in my pocketbook. How about that? Alright, well, let's start counting. And they start counting, and it takes, it takes a good minute. Uh, you can tell that they did not succeed very well in arithmetic. They look like they're missing a couple bills, and you point it out, and they're just like, Ah, why is, why is the guy got it? Right, just wanted to make sure you didn't, you know, check the math afterwards and blame me. Well, they finish. Looks like it's all here. Yes. Alright. I'm glad to see that Gabriella pays on our debts. You're, you're right about that. How's your business going? It's going well. Lots of clients. Good, good, good. You mind if I send my son over at any point? I could recommend him to somebody that you don't know. Ah, but I know you. I trust you. Uh, fine, but if he comes home crying, it's on him, okay? Uh, wonderful, I'll send him over. What days you got appointments on? And you hear the phone ring in the back. And she's like, you know, never mind, I'll, we'll talk about this another time. We'll see you around. Alright, good. She, she walks outside, she sits on the curb and just huge <laughs> sigh, just exhale like, Ugh. Okay. Alright. Assuming that money isn't cursed, I'm good for a little bit. That's a relief. Blackwell told you to meet him around noon. You have about an hour. Do you want to go back to your house and hang out there for a little bit? Do you want to grab a sandwich? Um, you know what? I'll go out for a meal. Maybe not to celebrate, but at the very least, like, hey, this isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I did it. So you, you go and you get some food. What are you eating? Oh, gosh. Good question. I think I'll probably stop by and get some... I want to avoid something fried. I'll probably just grab, like, a sandwich from a pub or something. 
Alright, you go into one of the pubs, you get a sandwich. And as you're sitting at the table, you see two men come in, long coats, hat. They talk to the bartender for a second, and then he points over to you. Oh, jeez. And they walk over, and they sit down. I thought you double-checked the math. What? No. What? We're with the London police. Oh. Then I suppose you double-checked your math. (laughs) 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 Hi. Anyways, you're not in trouble, but we just have a request for you. Oh, okay. My name is Detective Young, and this is my partner, Detective Higgins. Oh, charmed. We have been investigating a matter involving disappearances around London um, that started on... Friday, the first. Well, that's quite scary. Indeed. We have a man. He's not in custody. He is actually in the Oxford psych ward. Mm-hmm. And we would like to question him, but we do know that he has a good deal of mental trauma behind him right now. Right. And I suppose that's why you found me. Yes, you have a great reputation. You were actually referred to us by uh, one of your clients. What was his name? Oh. His name was Trevor. I didn't realize Trevor knew of the police. Uh, yeah, he's he's a frequent resident. Oh. What kind of resident does that make him, officer? Drunken and disorderly. <laughs> oh, that would actually make a lot of sense for him. But we hadn't seen him in, so we did like a we just did a house call. He said that he was putting his, he was getting his life together, and he was talking to a um, shrink. He mentioned you. The normal way I should respond to that is I can't confirm or deny if I'm seeing Trevor, but if he's out at himself, not much I could do about that. Well, we've done some research into you. Seems that you do wonders, so we'd like for you to be on the case. You are first choice. I'm flattered. It's been an interesting morning for all intents and purposes, so what's a new, and not to be gauche about this, but what does this sort of thing pay? Oh, well, when it comes to payment, obviously doing your duty to God and to country, but also will pay your typical wages doubled. Oh, in that case, you have a deal, officer. (laughs) I will also be paying for your staying at any hotel of your choosing. In Oxford, and we'll also make sure that you have enough gas to get there and back. Sure, I, you know, question for the keeper. My car exploded? You still have your car. <laughs> it is still there. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure the continuity is in place that my car popped like a water balloon. Yeah, okay, that's cool. You still have a car. Interesting. Decker did not take yeah, that from you. Still- Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deckard. <laughs> I shake my fist at the sky. <laughs> I just love this rivalry. It's not. It's it's entirely one-sided. Deckard is just. I feel. I feel very frustrated at the moment. <laughs> just can't tell why. I think with that, seeing an interest in the challenge at the very least, she holds out her hand. Sounds good to me. All right. Well. We'd like for you to go on Monday, but uh, to us, if you go Tuesday, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, just have it done by Wednesday, if possible. 
Wednesday if possible. Alright. We know that you're very busy. We're hoping that the devil compensates for missing some clients. Oh, of course. Thank you. Very well. We'll be off. And you see him. He puts his hand up and points to the table and motions to your food to the uh, bartender. And you see Higgins walk over and looks like he pays your tab. Oh, shocked. <laughs> you should have got a big lunch. Yeah, I, I, I take my meal and I just kind of hum to myself. All right. So you go ahead and you eat. Today's turning into a pretty good day for at least two of you so far. Yeah. So far. So once you get out, you're on the streets. You're ready to take on the world and decide that it's time to go see Blackwell. You get to the chapel and you see a whole bunch of police in front of it. <sighs> oh, no. I'll take back any nice thing I might have mumbled to myself about police. You see some crime scene tape going up around the chapel. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. This is not okay. Oh, no. Um, Decker, all right, what did, let's... What did you do? I didn't do this! <laughs> Decker! <laughs> no, um... I go over to the police. I had a house call today with the father. Is he in? I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am, but... It seems that Father Blackwell has gone missing. He's what now? You look inside the chapel and you see that it's been ransacked. Oh, jeez. What did you get yourself into? You see pews that are split in two. You see some of the other priests are kind of trying to straighten things up as the police are kind of doing their work, the forensics, oh, or whatever no. you can call forensics in the 40s. Yeah. Blackwell, what did you get yourself into? Did you know him well? We were friends. When was the last time you talked to him? God. I talked to him on Friday. We have receipts of our meal together. That was the last time I saw him. You might be the last person that he saw. Oh, goodness. Okay. Turns out that he was in charge of the chapel on Friday and Saturday, and one of the priests came in this morning and found it ransacked. Ransacked. Okay. We'll get down to the bottom of this. Can I get your information so that we can ask you questions later on? Right, here's my office phone. You can reach me that way. Okay, we'll get in touch. Thank you very much. Surely hope you find him before you have to get in touch with me, but... We do too. It is what it is. Anyways, have a nice day. Alright. Uh, I suppose two good things must be followed by a worse thing. I should go pack a bag. I have Oxford to go to and a missing preacher to worry about. So you go back home, you turn on the radio, you just start listening to it. You get past kind of the day shows and it goes into the evening. You're just kind of like reading a book by this point, you're not really listening to it, and the news comes on. And you hear incident at the Bakerview Chapel. Bakerview Chapel seems to have been the site of a police raid. I'm suspected that one of the priests was dealing in communist affairs. Communist affairs? Nonsense. If you hear or see anything about a Father Blackwell, please talk to the police. Utter nonsense. Father Blackwell, a communist. Even if he was, what would it matter? He's too busy being behind the pulpit to do anything about it. <laughs> And you hear that there have been a couple more disappearances. 
people started going missing again on Saturday and on Sunday. Deckard, you'd probably be listening to the same radio show as you're packing up. London is certainly getting worse and worse when I'm not paying attention. Deckard's going to look at the radio and go, God damn, knock! How are people finding out about this? I don't even remember what I did. People have gone missing since you came out of your state. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you're not the only person kidnapping and or murdering people, Decker. Oh, wait a minute. Decker's just... Oh. <laughs> you're merely a symptom, Deckard. Kind of relief, but also not relief. Not comforting. Oh, she must have others under her employ. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to ask questions. Father Blackwell got got by a vampire. going to be right pissed. <laughs> All right, pissed. Deckard is going to write those names down in a private journal and say, I will get the vengeance for you. Just give me time. Just give me time. And he puts that little notebook, and he puts that notebook close to his heart. All right. Aw. So. Thanks, Deckard. Deckard, you get in your car, and you head out to Oxford the next morning. Gabriella, you do the same. So, back to Sunday for Victoria. What would you like to be doing on your Sunday? You get a choice. She might just be out of the town, walking around, maybe hanging out with classmates, just seeing what's going on, being around people, stretching her legs, maybe, you know, talking mythology or folklore about, like, occurrences of strange dreams that happened before, like, big important events, because there's a lot going on, and then there was her weird dream, and she might remember something about someone else mentioning a weird dream in her dream. Okay. Hmm. So as you're studying these, go ahead and roll me a history check. A history? Mm Mm-hmm. If not history, then archaeology, whichever one is uh, higher. Hard success! As you're reading, you're seeing a couple of consistencies in history that pan out the same way. It's where there is a catastrophic event on the horizon, people go missing in England, and the world shifts in a way. The greater balance of power is challenged and is rocked for numerous years, and wrought with destruction. The last of this was Napoleon. Before that, it dates back into medieval times, and you see the kings of England just listed out. You hear of their stories, none of dire consequence to the narrative at the moment, but you do see a similar story play out in The Tale of King Arthur. But this one isn't one that you've heard before, but there's this... In one of the books that you received, reading it, and tales of a forgotten story, where he was battling creatures from the north that were infecting villages. But before that, people in his court began to go missing. Important people. His knights of the round table, his mage Merlin, people like that. And then they came as creatures that are not described very well. They're just beyond comprehension, is basically what your translation is telling you. It seems to take a very Christian narrative at this point. Arthur, using the power of God, (laughs) begins to 
fight back and win, banishing these creatures to the frozen tundras north. Not quite sure why you've never heard of this one before. You'd think that this one would at least be interesting for a literature narrative, but... Well, that's certainly odd. Probably comments out loud. Imagine she's, like, sitting on a park bench reading. <laughs> you see a couple of people just kind of look at you like, what? What's she doing? Yeah, it is pretty She cool. just kind of gestures to her book and goes to reading. And they just kind of go on with their days, not thinking anything of it. Not knowing that someone was researching into life-changing things. I feel like if she's heard about people going missing, she it might be like another classmate with her, even if they aren't necessarily talking. Just because, you know, buddy system. You haven't heard too much about this. It seems to be very London... London-focused. In that case, I'm... She's completely alone, but she has a knife. A knife? <laughs> she always has her knife with her. It's nothing new. So that, that, was, that was my problem. I didn't bring my weapon with me. It's just a habit. She's got a nice little ankle holster to where you, you normally can't really see it. It's just it's a habit. She's been have wearing a knife strapped her boot for like years now. Alright. So you go ahead and you continue. You study it. So you start verifying that translation. You find it in an older manuscript written in. I don't know if we specified, but I'm pretty sure she is familiar, really familiar with Gaelic. Yeah, it would be written in Gaelic. With her interests, that would make sense. Maybe a little bit of Welsh? Maybe a little? It's written in Old English. We'll go with that. Which you are familiar with, and you can spend most of the day guiding yourself through it. If you want, go ahead and roll me language own. Ouch. It's a long day, and you don't make much headway on it. But you do believe that this is an interesting read that you will be picking up again. Yeah. Maybe ask professors if in their studies they've come across things like that. Go ahead and write down some questions that you'd like to ask some of the professors. You'll have the chance to do so. Alright. Monday. One way or another, you have all come to Oxford University. Victoria, you are in the special collections, just going ahead and taking some more notes, trying your hand at reading that manuscript again. Maybe you brought a better dictionary with me this time. You brought a better dictionary. Go ahead and roll language own with the bonus die. You need a hard success, though. Look at that. I don't even need the bonus. I'm curious, yeah. though. What's the bonus? Jeez. Alright, I mean, that would be an extreme success, I believe. Yeah. So, you are reading this, and it's all starting to make sense to you. You don't even need your professors. The word that got you hung up was the very vague way that they said unmentionable or indescribable. Words like that when it came to the monsters, and the manuscript does not shy away from telling you what these monsters did, what they were how they blighted the lands with spores that rained from the sky. Where do we know about spores? Hmm. How creatures that looked like humans came and would raise armies of dead to walk the land and bear the front of mortal armies. 
and how their lords would be these bloodsuckers that would work their way into courts of the feudal kings and eviscerate them from the head. Not literally, but take out the chain of command from the top. It's all parts of a history that you never hear about England. She's got three separate pages worth of notes and like a couple books spread around her and she's frantically taking notes on things. The rest of the world doesn't exist. People in the library probably used to this though. As you're reading this, it is just so intriguing to you. This is a breakthrough for you and your own research. This is you getting to that next level of just like, oh, this is something that nobody knows about. It's not recorded anywhere. You don't find it in any books around you. With that extreme success, you've already cross-referenced this with other tales of Arthur and the Round Table, along with other things that you know from the Dark Ages and from the Middle Ages, where it's disputed that Arthur would be from. And you find that this is all new. This is interesting stuff. And at the end of the book, you see something that's written in a language that you do not comprehend. It looks like some primordial form of Gaelic, Celtic. It's old, very old. And you would need time to even figure out the linguistic composition of this language. She's definitely copying it over into her journal, just so she has a copy of it on her own. She'll take however long it takes to get it accurately copied over. Okay. As you start doing this, the door opens and you smell brandy on two legs walking in. (laughs) Pardon me, I believe you're on the wrong room, my friend. (laughs) Deckard is just with a bottle, with a flask that is very obviously filled with brandy just <laughs> takes a massive swig and he's just Victoria is not so subtly kind of covering her nose cause she's just like ew also don't get that near my books Deckard notices the books in front of Victoria and he's just ah I see that we have something in common for subjects I'd appreciate if you put your flask up before you came near these I'm not quite done with them yet Deckard goes Oh, I got Yeah, let me take care of that. Oh, no. <laughs> Chugs the flask. Deckard. Roll constitution. Yes. Victoria's looking around if there's any, like, assistant or security people nearby, because... Deckard, your possible multiple murder really took out of the stability train. Oh, Deckard failed. Oh. Deckard oh. failed. Meanwhile, Victoria's looking around like, is there, there any, like, assistant oh. that helped? <laughs> You feel the burn go down, and you feel the burn start to come right back up. You see a trash can near you. Go ahead and roll a dexterity check with a penalty. You need a hard success. Oh no! Okay. Oh no, dexterity. Oh no! Hey, just just get the the bad rolls out now. Decker just failed that. You don't hold this liquor down. It's been so much drinking on your own part for the past couple days. Non-stop drinking. You don't know it yet, but you are—you have alcohol oh poisoning. You're just kind of powering through it for some reason. And oh, you just projectile vomit. No! The books! On the books. Fuck. <laughs> and need I remind you, Victoria, oh, Victoria has a knife. And Decker's just... 
Decker's just, I'm glad Victoria wasn't around to see this. What the hell is wrong with you? <sighs> Security? Somebody? I could use some help here? Uh, Got a drunkard wandered into the library again. And there's no assistance. To be fair, I'm a learned drunkard. Not better. <laughs> you see how that's worse, right? She's frantically trying to like get it, like clean off the books as much as she can. Like she'll sacrifice her sweater. These books are important. You were only halfway through transcribing what you saw on that page when Ooh. it got covered in this vomit. No. Go ahead and roll a constitution check yourself as the smell of this vomit is vile. Oh god. <laughs> you feel your own self just... Barry, I'm ahead. going to pointedly turn away and vomit on this dude's shoes if I can. Man, this man's shoes will not be making it. <laughs> He's too oh. far away to vomit on his shoes. You throw up a little in your mouth and you're just like, ugh. Oh. Deckard feels horrible, but he looks and he's just... I should go find my books. You should get something to clean this up with, is what you should do. This is your mess. <laughs> you seem bad. You seem upset. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> you seem upset. And she's like, very gently, like, trying to get all the gross off of the books so without actually looking directly at it. You find some towels behind the assistant's desk. See if there's any way to salvage what she was reading. At least it was like in the back of the book. As you kind of try and like dab it off, you see that the print comes off with the acid. No. Damn it! Really need to get yourself some help, friend. Deckard is just going to come over and start helping me clean up because now he's ashamed. You see the assistant walk in, and she's like, "Oh, what happened here?" I apologize. Victoria immediately points to Deckard. I don't know how he got in here. My name is Deckard. I believe there's some books been... Oh, God. <laughs> been prepared. Been prepared for me. Ooh, uh, quit while you're ahead, buddy. Deckard pulls out another flask. Mr. Lazarus, I have to remind you that there is no drinking permitted within the library. Deckard puts away the flask. You should probably stop drinking in general, friend. We have a great deal of books that are sensitive to fumes. As I see we have already found out. D does that mean no smoking? Yes, no smoking, or drinking, or eating, or anything that isn't studying in the library, please. Especially with our special collections. They are old and dated, and they will fall apart on you if you are not careful and do not hold them correctly. Do I make myself clear? Are you sure he is allowed to be in here? Yes, actually. His uh, patron of the sciences has offered a generous donation for him to uh, study our collection. Mr. Lazarus, your books will be available to you momentarily. Let me go get something to clean up. Can we get some, like, something to air this place out a bit? That's exactly what I was thinking. I think I'm going to step out for a moment. Victoria's gonna just carefully, like, take the book with her. <laughs> it's a little certain. Miss McGuire, if you wouldn't mind just stepping into the storage room with those books and just anything that hasn't been touched by the bile, keep it in there, and anything that has is lost, but. It's lost? Oh no! Goofed it up super hard. 
She's still gonna take the book that did get some on it because she, she oh, was able no. to get at least part of it cleaned off. She doesn't want to lose that book. It's interesting. Uh, I think this one might be salvageable. Got most of it off. Young lady, hi. I do apologize. I. I don't want to hear it until you're sober. I've been having a very rough, rough few days. And at least let me tell you my. Let me know your name so I can. Make it up to you once I'm in a better state. Perhaps once you've severed up a bit and she's just gonna take the stack of books and go into the storage room to calm down and get away from the smell because she's still trying to... still a little queasy. Alright. As this plays out, the assistant comes back with some candles to kind of aerate the room. She opens the door and just kind of leaves it open and uh, she gets some chemicals to wipe up the table and make it clean again, along with the floor, and yeah, Deckard, you try and help her out as much as possible. Go ahead and roll me a constitution check again. It's going great. Such a great start to a friendship. We're gonna stop the nightmare evil. We just have to get over our hijinks. Failure! Need to get Deckard sober. Deckard needs help. Wait a minute, no! Deckard! I think, yeah, Deckard's gonna use, he's gonna use nine points of luck. To make that a success. Through whatever means of luck have graced you, the brandy must have just been terrible. You feel quite a bit more sober. Maybe if you stopped drinking it, it wouldn't hit you as hard. You know what? Maybe it's because Deckard has prepared his special come-to juice, which is an egg yolk, orange juice, Tabasco sauce, a little pepper, and paprika. No one has ever concocted a thing to stop the hangover that has ever sounded appetizing. It's always like, here is the tears of a demon, some nightmare juice, a thing that will make your eyes bleed, and pickles. <laughs> you know what, just to make this even better, there's some pickle juice <laughs> in there. Again, Mr. Deckard. Lazarus, no drinking is allowed. Decker downs his concoction, he goes, Rrr. Trust me. This is for our bellament. I feel so much better now. I can't <laughs> Mr. Lazarus, I need you to leave the library. <laughs> You're not allowed to come back until tomorrow. Alright. Deckard goes, you know what? He actually needed to investigate around town anyway. Your vampire mom is going to be so upset with you. Of course she is. This is the long game. <laughs> this is how I win. Alright. <laughs> so, Gabriella. Yes. You've arrived and... Unbeknownst to you, Deckard does come out of the library about the time that you are driving up. You see signs that lead you to the psych ward. Bosco's riding shotgun right now. You get up to the psych ward building, and you see a couple psychology students just kind of sitting out front, eating food, smoking some cigarettes. You start to walk inside. Doors open, and... You see the detectives there, Detectives Young and Higgins. Alright. I didn't think I would be seeing you all the way out here. You tracked me down and everything. Yes, we were we were just making sure that the patient was in good health for you. We also wanted to be here when things happen so we have an extended stay. Alright. Uh, I must obviously make it clear that I would need privacy with this individual. If Porta hopes to get anything relevant out of him, what exactly is he charged with? 
uh, he's not charged with anything. He was a witness to one of the disappearances. Oh, that, that is much different than what I was expecting. We first off want to make sure that he's okay, and second off, we want to make sure that he's able to at least help us with this case. He's everything's a dead end at this point, unfortunately. Hmm. I mean, he's currently in a psych ward, so okay is going to be a bit of a blurry word for him. But everything else we can try to figure out. Thank you so much. We will go down to a nearby hotel. It's quite nice. Serves quite good food, so I've heard. We'll go ahead and set up a reservation. Alright, I'll have to check it out. Here's the address, and he hands you a card. Take it. It has his number, and then it also has the address on the back. Hmm. Interesting. Business card, not like he's giving you phone number or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, she wouldn't be interested anyway. <laughs> no, I figured as much. She's like, oh, no, this is not what we're doing here. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Yeah, I was gonna make a joke about that, but I was like, I, don't, I know that's not what's going on, but you left yourself wide <laughs> open for that. Yeah, look. She would never. She's not a narc. <laughs> Anyways, uh, one of the doctors comes over. Uh, Miss... Slaughter? Yes, Miss... <laughs> Slaughter. Yes. You're here to see him, aren't you? So I'm led to believe. We're here to discuss some rather traumatizing events. Alright. Um, just right this way, please. Are you going to be receiving a file, or...? It's better that you see first. I hard disagree, but I suppose I'll leave you to it. You walk back. You get past the first couple sets of doors. They make you sign in and everything. And they take you down one wing, down another. And you get to this other door, which goes into a much dark room. Hmm. So this is for our manic. Well, the case is that we don't know what to do with, to put it blankly. Alright. Really inspiring confidence in your facilities here. Yes. We're not quite proud of it either, but this is the part that not many people come to. Alright. We have had people come in over the past few decades, having said that they've seen crazy things and swear by it up and down. Remembering it makes them disturbed. Alright. And you get to... Not a room. Not anything that looks humane. Just a cage. Oh, this is worse than I thought. And you see inside is a man. It's big enough for him to stand, and you see him just growling. Don't mind Winston. Uh, he's. Well. Is Winston not who we're talking to? No, uh, we are going to be talking to a Theo. Oh, so you're, you're. You just leave the man in the cage right near the front door so everyone sees him. You're kind of a ways in at this point. Okay. My goodness. This one believes that he is a dog. Terrible one at that. He doesn't believe anything else. He believes that at the full moon he turns into a dog or a werewolf. I can only imagine the kind of pain he is under to have him with that kind of impression. Yes. Right this one. Sure. And you get to a cell where you see this ghastly man is just kind of standing there. He's very long, very thin. Looks like he needs 
to eat something. I assure you that we have been feeding him. He's just keeps losing weight, and it's unseen before. I'm not quite sure what's going on with him. Uh, doctors continue to say he's perfectly fine, but seems to be in a more tranquil mind right now. All right, Mr. Breton. Uh, yes. Is it time for the food again? I promise I'll eat it. We know. No, you have a visitor. Oh. Do we have to? Yes, this is a part of what you saw. Uh, saw what? I, I didn't see anything. Maybe it's better if you leave the rest to me? Yes. Just make sure that you stay a couple of feet back from the SL. Again, he's in one of his tranquil moods. Alright, I suppose we'll, we'll see how this goes. I will leave you to it. Okay. And she goes in, steps off. Alright, Mr. Breton, was it? Yes, that is my name. And how old are you? I am 2,000 years old. Oh. When was your birthday? Did I miss it? Uh, no. My birthday's coming up. It's in... It's in... Sepetitimba. Okay, that's pretty close. Well, I surely hope it will be a good one. What, what is that, uh, 2001? <laughs> no, uh, 73. 2073. And you see him just kind of, like, rubbing his head. Oh. Let me start again. My name is Miss Slaughter. I have been asked to speak with you about some events that I have been told are particularly troubling to you. But before we get into any of that, we're not in a rush. Just tell me what brings you to this institution. Well, they think I'm nuts. They really don't believe me when I say that uh, bats took off with some of these people. Bats? Yeah. Large, large bats. Can't mistake their shape. They don't look like birds. They don't look like squirrels. The bats. You know, it's funny. Somebody else I talked to recently brought up bats. You know anybody else who's seen these bats? No, not not particularly. Uh, otherwise, I would probably be hanging out with them instead of in here. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, if we had all number of choices, we likely wouldn't be. And I look around the facility in here. So. What else brought you here besides your parent age? Because the way I see it, thinking you're 2000, or being 2072, 71 years old, doesn't really harm anyone. What brought you here? Well, you see, um, after what I saw, I... It, uh, thinking about it makes me a little, uh, well, violent. Ah, I see. The police, um, felt bad, uh, throwing me in jail, so they brought me here and thought that I'd probably get the best treatment. That's been pretty nice. Meals are pretty decent. And you mentioned you've been eating, yes? Uh, yes. Food doesn't seem to uh, last very well, but the doctors say that there's no reason it shouldn't. I'm just asking for more food. Are you always hungry? Yes. Eating seems to make me less full, almost. Huh. I just remain hungry, mostly. And this hunger, is it a constant thing? Yes, it quite is. 
nothing, nothing too bad. The, I haven't gotten any hunger headaches, and it barely feels like it's my stomach hanging. It's just, it almost feels like it's coming from my jaw. Oh, how strange. Well, it has been very nice to get this process started. Now, with anything we talk about, if you need to take a break, obviously you can hold up a hand or let me know. It is likely you've been through lots of pain. We're going to really work to get to the bottom of it. Possibly encountering some aspects of yourself that you might not be all th too thrilled to be meeting, but the goal is that we can get to the other side of it. But there is a dual purpose here, and I would be remiss to not tell you. The police asked me to come here to learn a little bit about some of the disappearances that you witnessed. Well, the thing is, I told them what I saw. They just don't believe me. They think I'm covering for someone, and, uh, well... Oh. By all means. What did you tell them? I told them that it was bats, and that there was this crazy old man that came running at them, and... I believe the crazy old man killed one of them, and the bats went off with it. At least, that's what I saw. So, old man kills bats, bats pick up the man and fly away with him? Yes. Okay. Crazy old man picked up by bats taken off and then I, I really don't know what I saw it every time that I talk about it it changes because I keep thinking about it. my mind just doesn't want me to think that all right then let's take a step back from that place obviously this the nurse said you were in a calm period but it seems to me that you seem pretty lucid pretty calm Yes. Well, I don't want you to see the uh, violence uh, thing. It's just, if I hear that name, if I hear that name again, it's going to make me lose it. Name? I haven't said any names. I, I, I gave you my own, but... I keep hearing it. It's echoing. Like, everybody around is saying it. And you see him just start to, like, stare at everyone. It's not you, it's everyone. I need people next door to stop talking, saying it. And do I hear anybody, like, talking through the walls? No, you, the, the guy next door is playing the harmonica. Well, oftentimes we will have points in times where our brains will have us hear things, or listen very closely for things that other people might not notice. And this is a name you keep hearing? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... You don't have to say it if you don't want to. But this name, it gives you that anger. And you see him kind of just run up to the wall, and it looks like he has a piece of chalk or something mm -hmm. in there that he just starts writing, and you see B-A-S. Oh, okay. I-D-I-O. Oh, you can, you can stop. You can stop. This is clearly upsetting to you. You can stop. I don't know what I saw. Okay. I don't want to hear it anymore. Alright. Hopefully we can bring some calm. As you're looking at this word, you start hearing it in your own head. What's the deal, Hopefully we can bring some calm to your life, Mr. Britton. Comes again. What's the deal, But, uh... Sorry, I'm losing track. You're hearing it too, and aren't you? 
start hearing the guy who's playing the harmonica say the word. I think I am. Quite an earworm, isn't it? You have been listening to Beyond the Crumbling Veil, a Call of Cthulhu 7e actual play podcast by Styx Helix Productions. Part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you're listening, because it helps people find us and we appreciate it so much. Beyond the Crumbling Veil is DM'd by John Foman of Sticks Helix Productions. Deckard Lazarus is played by Brian from Dungeons and Pop. Gabriella Slaughter is played by Ian, who you can find in actual plays near you, and is at Ian Caliente on Twitter. And Victoria McGuire is played by Brianna Jean, who you can find at Brianna Jeans on Twitter. Hello. We are here today to tell you about Modified Rule. What you're about to hear are real-life testimonies of people who have been affected by Modified Rule. None of the people you're about to hear are paid actors. I mean, they are actors, but we're not paying them. Before I found Modified Role, I never knew of the foe that plagued humanity for generations, Rivers. Before Modified Role, I didn't know if I would dice with more than six sides. Well, uh, before I found Modified Role, I thought fantasy role-playing was something you did in the bedroom. Before Modified Role, I didn't know Warland dice could be so dangerous. Uh, before Modified Role came along, I couldn't tell the difference between a D20 and a tennis ball. Needless to say, it's changed my life. Before Modified Role, I was shocked when someone would offer to show me their minis. So, with so many lives changed through Modified Rule, don't you think it's time you gave it a try? Modified Rule has not been proven to improve life in any measurable metric, and cannot be held responsible for any detrimental impact caused by listening to the podcast. Modified Rule takes no responsibility for loss of birds, dwarves, or animal companions. 